You know, you get to an age and... The mind may be sharp, but the flesh becomes weak and the muscles spongy. You know, from two guys that have been there for years, we will try not to gloat too much. This is the push-up. Everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Pushdown Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. While I get you ready for the next, I'm your host Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan Ice thaws to water, which flows down a mountain stream into the ocean, never to return. Right. Ah, beautiful, Dan. Uh, we have witnessed a uh, a week seven. That has us changing of the guards quite a bit here, and, and we'll get into all of that. And uh, leading into a trade deadline where that's getting heated up. Some and, trades occurred. Yeah, and yeah, and here we are now into uh, heading into almost the midseason. Well, we are in the midseason, but almost halfway uh, into a year where we still have an idea, no idea uh, oh, what's no. going to happen with a lot of these teams. I, I think we know which teams suck dick, but we, uh, we don't got know a good all handle the teams on that maybe, suck. Yeah, maybe a good handful of them, six, seven of them, but yeah. there's a there's a slew in the middle that, you know, are perennial playoff teams, and they're not there now. Now they're in the middle of the punt bunch, and yeah, we're seeing and not a changes. single not a single tombstone yet. Okay. Not a single tombstone yet. Yeah, but we haven't finished this week, have we? Okay, we'll see if something comes up this week. Um, no, this week gave us a lot of uh, a, lo- a, a lot of different ones. The bunch of home teams won, but uh, not all of them. Um, maybe I bounced back in the picks, perhaps. Uh, but before we get started this week, I think what we want to talk about is the trades. Like you said, the trade the, we brought up the trade deadline happened and. Uh, I want to talk about the, the couple that have happened so far, and uh, this will lead us into the games. The biggest one was Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, who has been the face of the Carolina Panthers offense for many years yeah. when he's not when healthy, and uh, potential MVP candidate of the NFL previous years. I think he was offensive player of the year at least once or twice. When healthy. When healthy. <laughs> but... Uh, a a solid stud of a running back goes to the 49ers when healthy <laughs> goes to the 49ers uh who uh get reunited with the Shanahan stuff Shanahan and McCaffrey reunited once again that that whole thing is a lot of fun those of you that don't know uh the c- head coach of uh, the 49ers um Mike Shan Mike Shan no Mike Shanahan is the dad Kyle Kyle Shanahan his dad, Mike Shanahan, was the coach of the Denver Broncos, the finally won Super Bowls Denver Broncos back in the late 90s with uh, John Elway, and he did it with uh, Ed McCaffrey, at least one of them. I can't remember if Ed was uh, there for 99 too, as well. Okay, yeah. Ed yeah. McCaffrey, who is Christian McCaffrey's dad. So you got some dads 
in the league back when we were kids watching these games. Uh, now their sons in the league and coaching the league end up reunited. Um, I guess Kyle Shanahan used to babysit Christian McCaffrey. That's the story that always <laughs> yep. comes up. So now he's coaching him. Um, and then in all this, the Panthers are getting basically all of the Niners picks for next year. Not the first rounder. They don't get the well, first they rounder. They can't. They gave it up to Trey Lance. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was already gone, but they're getting the second, the third, the fourth in 23 and a fifth rounder in 2024. Dan, your, your thoughts on this trade. I mean, I, we mentioned it on the podcast the last week that I was like, hey, the 49ers are actually kind of a destination for this. It, we weren't getting a lot of heat, but it did make sense as a fit. Um, that's kind of what I expected the market to be for Christian McCaffrey. I didn't see anybody giving up any first-round picks for Christian McCaffrey. Apparently, there was an offer out there for at least one, but a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth is pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good haul for a guy who's got a pretty high contract. You know, it's... It's not like you won't be able to find a running back of that quality for that amount of salary cap next year. Um, but you're giving up a second, a third, a fourth, and next year's fifth. That's steep. pricey. That's yeah. A, yeah, it's a steep price to pay for an impact player at a position where you already have an impact player that kind of does what Christian McCaffrey already does yeah. with Debo Samuel. That being said, you can never have too many weapons. But you can have too many Jimmy Garoppolo's, <laughs> which I think is the problem that we've got with the 49ers, is you've got Jimmy G throwing to all these weapons. He's going to have to get it done a little better than he's been getting it done. We'll talk about what happened to the 49ers this week. Um, but Christian McCaffrey has not yet moved the needle. Whether he will or won't, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. He still has to pick up all his pass protections. Uh, he still has to figure out if he's going to be a three-down back. That's what they need him to be. You don't give up a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth for a guy that you're like, yeah, we'll use him situationally. Right. He's supposed to be an every-down running back. That's what they need him to be in San Francisco. And if he stays healthy, he will be. He will be. I have no f- qualms that he isn't a stud of a player and that he can when be healthy. counted on to yeah to be an every-down type of guy. Uh, the other thing is, though, the Niners have made it a habit to make no names, perennial guys. You know, uh, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Bets. Yeah, it, it's just a, a, a barrage of guys. It doesn't matter who who the guy is behind our quarterback; he's going to run it on you. And that's what uh, Mike Shanahan did too in Denver. Honestly, traded uh, Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey, and that was—I mean, it was a good trade for the Redskins too. And they—I can say Redskins. That's what they were back then. Mike, uh, uh, Mike Anderson and things like oh, that. Yeah. Um, Ruben drones, Ruben drones. They had Terrell Davis and Terrell Davis got him to the Super Bowl. So six round pick. Yeah. Does Christian McCaffrey though, as a Terrell Davis type of guy, you know, he's a completely different player, but I'm you know, my argument here. We'll see. Uh, it didn't work for this week. We'll get to that. And that was a big one. And that was in San Francisco. It was a short week for Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, you can't, you can't expect magic to happen overnight. But. Also playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who are in murder mode right now. Yeah, yeah, scoring at will. Um, we'll get to more with Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers as we continue. The other trade, Dan, and this needs to be talked about because our sound engineer, Pat, is very upset about this. And uh, <laughs> let's be honest, uh, I don't think he's touched our sound in, in a good while, but he's still very important to the show as one of our... Seven listeners. No. 
Um, oh, we're up to seven. I thought, oh, <laughs> man, we added one. <laughs> uh, James Robinson. James Robinson of the Jaguars traded to the Jets. Uh, that's another running back trade that happened. Uh, James Robinson in Illinois State grad, which is home to me. Uh, been with the Jaguars his whole career, which is home to uh, Pat, who we made a Jaguars fan. And James Robinson was one of those guys that he sided with. I think he's he's on his fantasy team right now. He likes this guy a lot, and then the Jaguars decided, yeah, conditional sixth rounder is all we need to send him to New York who needs a running back because the Jets are in a race. So the craziest thing for me is that they didn't command more from the Jets for a starting quality running back who's under team control. Uh Uh-oh. That's insane to me. That's insane. This is – James Robinson is at least worth – at least a fourth-round draft pick. Mm. I don't know that doesn't sound like a lot, a conditional sixth to a fourth, but that's a huge difference in terms of value. Joe Douglas did a fucking amazing job <laughs> and has done a fucking amazing job for the Jets, acquiring talent, um, basically getting, you know, Brees Hall after the ACL injury goes, have a major issue of need. The Jaguars, I don't know why they're selling James Robinson for this low. There's, like, it... It boggles my mind that they did this for the price they did it for. James Robinson leaves for a third rounder. That's what you're going to get replacement. Fourth rounder, that's what you're going to get replacement. When James Robinson leaves and signs with another team, you will get better than a sixth-round conditional pick or a fifth-round pick. Absolutely. You will get a compensatory pick that is better than that. Why the fuck did you do this? I didn't you look know? at yeah, I didn't look at it closely here. Uh, how many years did he have left on his contract? Was it coming up after this year? So he was under team control for next year as well. Oh no, uh, yeah, because that's like the only thing I think is like, well, you know, you sell him now because you know you weren't going to hold on to him, etc. But it does but sound you like you know yeah. you can just make a fucking uh, you know. You can make a an offer, basically. Like, he was a restricted free agent at the end of this year, which means <sighs> if he's a restricted free agent, you either re-sign him or someone else is able to sign him and you gives you a compensatory pick. Yeah, yeah, compensatory. So now, I the don't, compensatory, I don't if, this. if somebody signed him this year, would the compensatory have been higher than, like, a sixth for maybe fifth rounder for him? Absolutely, it could have. Oof. It it probably would have been at least a fourth rounder. Okay, well then, yeah, doesn't seem like a smart move for the Jags. What you're saying? No. Well, it, one running back depth is not a bad idea to carry. Travis Etienne is coming off a year last year where he had a Lisfranc injury and missed basically the entire season. And James Robinson is a contributor. He's a good player when utilized. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in the doghouse a little bit for reasons unknown, but he's already got 340 rushing yards. They get a can they get a fifth round pick if he runs for I think it's another two hundred and ninety, uh, or sorry two hundred and sixty. They get a fifth round pick if he runs for two hundred and sixty, which he absolutely will unless he gets injured. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it's, I don't know why you make this move. I you weren't your hand wasn't forced unless James Robinson's like get me the fuck out of here or I'm you know I'm sitting the rest of the season. There's no reason to make this move for this low of a value. Um, let's put it in a good light here for our friend Pat. He's got him in fantasy, moving from the Jaguars to the Jets. It's got to be an uptick. So that is a huge increase. There you go. For the Jaguars, bad decision. For fantasy owners, windfall. Yes. Because now you're going from a place where you're kind of splitting time with Travis Etienne and they don't want you there 
to a team that's like, hey, we're actually competitive in the AFC East and we like to run the ball because Zach Wilson's out here fucking sluts. Okay. And, uh, you know, not watching <laughs> film. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. So there's some there's some silver lining. Depends on where you look. We're sorry about the Jaguars, Pat. Um, your Cowboys had a trade this week, or just today here, for a defensive yeah. tackle. Jonathan Hankins. Hankins. What do you I think mean, of he's that? a... He's a big boy. Um, you know, this Jonathan Hankins is really kind of a nose. Like, he's a zero. That's what Hankins really is. Um, he's a run defender, not going to generate a ton of pass rush. Um, I think when I said this to you, I was like, ah, shit, Neville Gallimore must be hurt worse than I thought he was. Um, we haven't really been able to get, like, a solid nose. We, we drafted a kid in the fifth round named John Ridgeway. Um, you know, big, big farm, strong white boy out of Arkansas. He didn't make the final 53. He actually got signed on waivers by the, the Washington commanders. Um, and, uh, we, we got a kid out of Memphis named Quentin Bohannon or Quentin Bohanna, um, who hasn't really been able to get it figured out, but, um, it's, it's not a bad move. We traded a sixth round pick and got Jonathan Hankins in a seventh. So it's, it's not a big deal for either team it's a little bit of a shift in the late rounder and if he winds up giving us a solid uh, run defense up the middle that'd be great i mean right now we're still doing pretty well against the run but uh, it'd be nice to have a guy that can you know really just settle in there especially in a you know third quarter where a team maybe is trying to you know hold on to the clock hankins can really make an impact cool all right well and so we still have till november 1st for the trade deadline uh, there's got to be some more on its way, so stick stick tuned here. We'll talk about it next week, too, of which uh, other teams make a move. Um, well, you know, you're looking at the sellers. Like, yeah. who who are going to be sellers? Um, You've got to factor in who's coming into a free agent year. you got to factor into what the likely compensatory value is for them in free agency because that should be where you set the floor. So you got to figure any elite or sorry any top tier player take a bradley chubb in denver anybody where it's like hey we don't want to we don't want to get rid of him but we've we probably won't be able to resign him he probably won't want to stay the floor is a third rounder because when he leaves in free agency he's getting at least third round compensatory level money so that's the thing to bear in mind so if your team goes oh why'd we give up a second rounder for it it's like well that team was going to get us was going to get a third anyway and you you know got yourself a team control for another year and hopefully got an extension out of it too so yeah. i wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of these things turn into trade like sign and trades a la what happened with aj brown and the eagles okay all right well we'll see yeah we'll see what happens here this week basically that's what we got left by yeah uh, by next week we'll know um the only other news I wanted before we hit the week of games is that Todd Gurley retired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about a turnaround. You, you we talked about a couple of running backs here at the top, so bounce back to Todd Gurley, uh, who in the, during our life of this six-season uh, podcast, Todd Gurley was the top of the NFL, mm-hmm. um, a, a game changer to now retired from the NFL and, and completely done. The uh, life of a running back is pretty tough out there. Um, Todd Gurley did the thing that was smart. And Todd Gurley had major knee injuries in college. Todd Gurley still wound up being a first-round pick, basically sat out his rookie season because his knee wasn't 100% healthy, came out and became an absolute fucking stud for the Sean McVay Rams. Mm -hmm. And then 
got himself an extension, got an offensive player of the year, uh, made a lot of money, and then the wheels fell off. Quite literally, the wheels fell off. His knee basically just stopped working. He eventually went to Atlanta um, because he played in Georgia, and he's like, yeah, it's a bit of a homecoming. Didn't didn't move the needle much in Georgia. Um, and just wound up being a lot of dead money on the back end of a contract. But he was a guy that almost like a like a shooting star. Yeah. You know, the guy burned so brightly for such a short amount of time. But my God, if you watched premiere Todd Gurley, there was no doubt he was like, for a short amount of window, this is not comparing him, he was Adrian Peterson good for two years. Yeah, Couldn't quite sustain it the way AP did, but he was AP good for about two years. And as you know, AP is the greatest runner I've ever seen in my life. These skilled players sometimes have those years, those flash-in-the-pan years like that. So Todd Gurley is going to be one of those guys that we forget about and then talk about and uh, give it five years. Oh, my God, yeah, Todd Gurley. Man, wasn't he great that one, maybe two years there for the Rams. But not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> no, can't. Yeah, you can't with that quick of a of a career. But when Not he even a played, Hall of Very Good. When he played, he was amazing. Yeah, when he was at his best, he was the best. So um, I will. My favorite thing is this: Todd Gurley, um, basically was on the Rams for three years. So he was drafted in 2015, 2016 he played, 2017 he was the offense player of the year. He signed a big ass contract, and made twenty two million dollars. That's how you do it. He didn't make more than five and a half million for the last three years. So he basically got a big bonus for being, and it feels like a bonus for being offensive player of the year, honestly, yeah. which seems fair to me. Uh, but he made almost $50 million in six years of playing. Yeah. So good okay. for him. Good for him, yeah. Yeah. Then you hang it up, and as long as you invested well, weren't weren't any with your money, you, you should be okay. He's also only 28 years old. Uh, <laughs> well, then it's got to stretch, yeah. He's 28 years old. He hasn't played in two years, you know? So, I mean... Good luck to you, Todd Gurley. Take your fifty million. I'm sure after taxes, maybe like ten million dollars. You can live for a long time on ten million dollars. <laughs> You'll be fine. Let's get to the games, Dan. Let's get to the games because uh, this week, though, four teams on a bye. That is the Bills, the Eagles, the Rams, and the Vikings, which is also four teams that are up in the top part of the league here so far. Uh, only two on a bye week for week eight. So we got we're got a little bounce back with an extra game. Mm-hmm. Uh, game of the week this week, uh, looking at it, it had to be this one with the road win for the now 6-1 and one, New York Giants. 23-17, to 17, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars favored in this one heading into it in a weird way, but it didn't matter. Um, I picked them. You picked them in this one. I got you that one over it. Uh, it was a back and forth, honestly. Uh, Thirteen to eleven, Giants at the half, tight game. Um, came down to the end. A Christian Kirk catch at the one yard line, tackled right there. That would have at least tied it with the extra point. Um, but again, it was Giants with uh, Saquon Barkley running one way, Daniel Jones running the other way. Not a lot of passing. Didn't need it. Giants win another one. Giants had two hundred yard rushers. Yeah. That's I mean, Brian Dable, you gotta give this guy all the credit in the world for the thing we talk about that makes you a good coach is not gotta find players to fit my system. Gotta find players to fit my system. You go, okay, who do I got? You know, you ever you ever seen an episode of Chopped? Sure. Remember that show? Yeah. Where they're like, uh, we've we've got powdered eel testicles. Uh, a ram's horn 
and uh, a box of Skittles. Like, not <laughs> even a bag? Some. No, it's a box of Skittles. It's movie theater size Skittles. <laughs> you go, what am I going to do? They go, I don't know, but we're going to need a four-course meal out of this. You're like, Jesus Christ. Brian Dable is putting together a four-course meal with the most bizarre of ingredients. And it's honestly outstanding. Daniel Jones, to his credit, to Dable and Daniel Jones' credit, this is peak Daniel Jones. Rush for 100 yards. Throw for 200 yards. You can't tell me this is an intriguing free agent next year. You know, you can't even tell me that maybe the Giants don't want to hold on to a guy like Daniel Jones. Are they not kicking themselves a little bit right now that they did not offer him the fifth-year option given the year he's having? I No, because you still have the franchise tag. And for the fifth-year option on a quarterback is equivalent to, like, a light franchise tag anyway. So they're getting the production. You're also telling the New York media at the beginning of the season, hey, if Daniel Jones isn't the thing, we're kind of going to fucking, you know, back off this thing. But you still have him under team control for a relatively affordable price. And if you're Daniel Jones, you're probably looking at this year going, maybe I should sign my extension now. Well, Uh, (laughs) yeah, and as we're hinting at the rest of this episode – Oh man, there's going to probably be a lot of uh, thumbs in that whole QB carousel next year. Mm-hmm. So, um, a team that is six and one right now might not have a great spot in the draft to go get a replacement. So, yeah, Daniel Jones might just have to stick around for a little bit. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, very interesting. He's not the fastest of runners, but the Jaguars had no answer for that play. Nope. Just uh, the opposite run, like. It was kind of very much an option run. Like, if if I don't hand it off, I'll just take it kind of thing all day long. And it worked. Um, Jaguars have their own issues. Uh, they are going to, yeah, they, they fall to a 2-5 and five in a division where they could be a part of it. But I don't, I don't feel like they want to this year. So, this is not my tombstone. My tombstone is not for the Jaguars. Okay. Because the AFC South is still pretty bad. You know, makes it, yeah. Tennessee does not blow my hair back. I mean, they're 4-2. They're doing what the Titans are supposed to do. The Colts just made a quarterback change because Matt Ryan couldn't get it done. And also, he's got an injury, but Matt Ryan can't get it done. It is what it is. And you got the fucking Houston Texans that are probably going to wind up giving you a couple extra wins, you know, here and there. The Jaguars are still in this. They still have the team to do it. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but they have an outside shot at a wild card if they can get it the fuck together. They're not out of any of these games. The Jaguars have really not been blown out this year, except for the one game. Yeah. But aside from that, they're in every single one of these. They're just a young team kind of learning how to win. So no tombstone for the Jaguars, but my God, the New York Giants, it's 6-1. Six 6-1. And one. Six and one. Second place in the NFC East. It's insane. Let's continue uh, with week six and talk about another team in the NFC that is uh, insanely surprising us, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. They go into L.A. They beat the Chargers 37-23. to uh, Gino uh, is, you know, he, he's not flawless. He has the uh, interception, but he still throws two touchdowns. He's got it going with Walker. And then uh, Herbert had an okay game. It was just about the same. Uh Eckler got it going over 100 yards and two touchdowns from the scrimmage. But the Seahawks holded a 10-point lead at the half due to some turnovers. They take over the lead some more. Chargers' injury woes continue, and, yeah, they're not winning the games they should win to be a competitor in the AFC. So the Chargers worry me, but... 
I don't want to talk too much about the Chargers because, like you said, the injuries are really problematic for them. Right. Uh, J.C. Jackson basically out for the year. Yeah, dislocated um, kneecap. Big free agent pickup. That's really tough. You know, you had Joey Bosa go down. You have you have a weakened Chargers team. I have to give though a lot of respect to a four and three Seahawks team that is currently the leader of the NFC West. I know, I know. Never, never, I would have expected this, but now all of a sudden I have to take them seriously. Oh, you. I mean, you have to. They are. Four and three, and they have beaten good teams. Yeah, you know this isn't four and three beating up on fellow cellar dwellers, and we're waiting for the, you know, waiting for the coach to turn into a pumpkin. This is a team that plays hard defense, runs the ball, and they have a quarterback that doesn't make a ton of fucking mistakes. If you keep Geno Smith to under thirty attempts per game, and he plays the way he's going to play, and you run the ball with Kenneth Walker the way you are capable of running the ball with Kenneth Walker. This is a short, fast, Maurice Jones-Drew-looking motherfucker, and there is a lot of talent here um, in the backfield. Just with him, uh, you know, imagine if Rashad Penny was still healthy yeah, still and playing. Healthy, You'd right. have a, yeah. a tremendous one-two punch with him and Walker. But, yeah, I mean, you got to think the Seahawks have a, an outside shot at actually making the playoffs this year. I'm not saying they're going to, but at four and three, you're in a better position than the Rams or the Niners. They're in the NFC, so they absolutely could. Um I think the Chargers, even if they found their way into it, their injuries are too much into they're too much of season ending. Like no one's going to get healthy and returning kind of yeah. in a spot where they're they're in that spot. So you're right; it's hard to get excited about the Chargers, but the Seahawks. All of a sudden, I think yeah, you're looking at them as as an NFC team that's going to be amongst the you know the discussion. Will they hold on to this division the whole time? I don't know about that, but they got it right now, and they. I'm not so much on their their defense, but their offense. They can put up points. They're putting up a, quite a bit of points no matter where they play, yeah. on the road or at home. So, yeah, you give it up for the Seahawks. Got to give it up for them. And so what this leads us to is one of four or five games this week that I'm uh, quite on the fence about. I think you could flip a coin. It could go either way. And this is one of the more exciting ones for the NFC because of how this sets up. The New York Giants go to Seattle. They're playing the Seahawks this week. Um, the I, I got you in that first game. Nobody picked the Seahawks to win, though. Dan, you're still ahead of me in picks uh, by the slimmest of margins, so you're picking first. So I really, really want the Giants to lose this game. Mm-hmm. But I got to give a mad amount of respect to Brian Dable. I've, I've been talking about it. He's done a great fucking job. However, Pete Carroll is still a Super Bowl-winning head coach. That clearly don't need no... He's a single independent woman. He don't need no Russell Wilson. <laughs> and this Seahawks team is dangerous. Going all the way across the country to play a really tuned-up Seahawks team, I think that's the difference, is playing it at home. I think the Seahawks wind up winning this thing. And, so, uh, you know, maybe knock the Giants down a little peg. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think there's a handful of games here that are very tight, and this one could... Yeah, it is a coin flip of one. And I'm not taking the 6-1 and one New York Giants lightly, but... I like Seattle in this one too, and if this if we were picking this one at the end of the show and we were pretty much chalk on it, maybe I'd change my mind. But no, I, it's the first one out of the gate, and I, I'm okay taking what I believe is it, the team in the better situation here, and that's Seattle. The Giants are winning, but I don't think they're putting the points on the board that Seattle could do, especially at home, uh, if they get going. So that's what I the think Seattle. they do. I think they outscore the Giants. 
the Seattle Seahawks just beat the L.A. Chargers soundly. Yeah. The New York football Giants just almost lost to the Jaguars. <laughs> right, so, yeah, and that's kind of the way to look at it, too. Yeah. Giants are winning these games, but they're squeaking by some teams that might not be in the conversation in another month. Yeah. And the Cowboys kicked the shit out of them, so you know, don't forget where that one loss came from. The L.A. Chargers, on the other hand, have a bye week, so they got to sit with that loss for a week. Um, yeah, they might lose this bye week just yeah. with the way their luck's been going. Just not, yeah, good chance to get healthy, but like I said, these, these are some bad injuries. They're not some ones that are just dinged up people for a few weeks. I, th- I think this weekend, LaDainian Tomlinson's going to like blow his knee out. And be like, fuck, <laughs> I knew it. How, I'm sorry. Is that even how? Sorry. Um, all right, let's continue on. the. Uh, let's talk about the AFC North matchup of the Cleveland Browns. They lost to the Ravens in Baltimore 20-23. to This is one I got over you, but again, very tight game, back and forth. Uh, I don't even have the stats for the quarterbacks in this one. It was all on the ground. Nick Chubb with 107 rush yards and a touchdown. Edwards had two touchdowns for the Ravens as they Gus were just trying to find. Yeah, some running back healthy enough to play in their backfield. Ravens D with five sacks in this one. It was 10-13 to 13 Ravens at the half. It was back and forth. Again, we're watching a Ravens team that is just desperately trying not to give the ball back to a Browns team because they've been just shocked into losing these games at the end so much this season i think they're yeah they're scared to do it again they still fumble it at the end and i mean you you have to you have to try something i you guess know? i guess you know maybe even too it would have been a, a overtime game if not for a very questionable uh false start on the kicking team for that field goal uh, opportunity for the browns but they lose it I mean, that's the way it goes for the Browns, though. I mean, that's a 60-yarder. That's pretty fucking tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't tombstone the Browns because they're only two games back in this division. But, my God, do they just look listless. I mean, I'm I'm not excited about the Baltimore Ravens this year. I mean, I, I love the Ravens. We know this. I love Lamar. Yeah. But he has not looked in the past two or three weeks like MVP Lamar. He has looked like Lamar having trouble finding open receivers. You know, he went 9 for 16. That's a guy who doesn't trust his ability to to diagnose the secondary. He's just running. Yeah. Um, so it, it concerns me. I mean, if they can get the run game going with Gus Edwards, that'd be great. I mean, he's he was held out of practice this week with a knee injury <laughs> already, so that's, you know, just not looking forward to that. But that's the Ravens, yep. You know, the Ravens are still 4-3. and three. The AFC North is still wide open, but, yeah, I just I don't feel real good about these Cleveland Browns. No, and we you shouldn't. The Browns look like they have some problems. And uh, David Njoku got hurt. Uh, he's going to miss a few weeks with an ankle sprain. This is a good time to bring up. David Njoku had a good game here, seven catches, 71 yep. yards. Uh, it was National Tight End Day. Dan, did you miss it? I don't know if you watched the games and re- didn't recognize that it was National Tight End Day. <laughs> Uh, you know, I must not have noticed that. I don't think they brought it up much. My God. So, and I, I don't think they talked about it. George Kittle, he started it. I think he was the one who started it like a few seasons ago. And it, it, that was, it was cute when it was like a small thing and a few people talked about it and stuff. But, oh, my God, Fox, CBS, ESPN. And I get that you had a – maybe they, they did it on purpose. Niners and Chiefs matchup where these are some of the best tight ends in the league right now and Kittle and uh, Kelsey play each other that you decided to talk about. But, oh, my God, I was so tired of it so fast on Sunday. 
Scott, were you also aware that the NFL salutes the troops? <laughs> right, right, right. Were you Fair aware enough. that breast cancer awareness uh, is an important policy of the NFL? The NFL. I'm does aware not the racism do... needs to stop. I, well, as soon as the NFL finally told me, oh, I'm is so it a problem glad. here in this in this nation? I'm so glad they finally told us uh, to cut to cut it out. Cut it out. Cut the racism out. Guys. You know what? Let's put a kibosh on the racism, huh? Thanks. All right. Sincerely, I guess I'll hug my neighbor. Yeah. Sincerely, thirty-two white owners. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, sorry, Shade Khan. Shade yeah. <laughs> but he's an honorary white. With that mustache, he's an honorary like fucking white nineteen twenties villain. We digress so, of the Brats Ravens, but yes, I, I'm glad you. Th- yeah, it's you're right. We should be used to this stuff being shoved down our throats. Although you know the wide receivers that are like <laughs> to talk about racism a little bit. It's like, oh, does this be a national tight end day? And be like, the quarterback's like, where's the quarterback day? It's like, motherfucker, every day <laughs> is national quarterback day. Fuck you. It's fine. Yeah. Give them something. Let them have something. Christ. National every position day. Every position matters. Yeah. Every anyway, position I'm, matters. Yeah, get, we're getting down there. Get, uh, some, let's, flag, get some flags with like a, <laughs> that, a that was bra- center. That was Browns Ravens. Ravens won it. They, 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 they win a big one in their division. Browns are in trouble. We move on to Buccaneers Panthers, and this starts that conversation of Buccaneers. what's yeah the end of the end of some quarterback uh, classes. Three to twenty one Panthers win it. The Panthers win it. Now they were at home, but they're starting PJ Walker. They traded away Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the fan base is looking for any re- you know the coach has been fired a week ago. Any reason just to to lose it on this team, and instead they take out a uh, divisional winner from the last two years, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and keep them out of the end zone the whole game. It's interesting when you have a team like the Panthers, who are obviously in fire sale mode, obviously in rebuild mode, and you get games from guys like Dante Foreman. Mm-hmm. Who is a guy who's like, this is probably my last chance in the league. I'm a running back who's got a couple years, you know, tread on him. Couldn't stick around for the fucking Texans. I've been replaced. Titans, he was the backup there when the after. Couldn't really get it going. And all of a sudden, he's got an opportunity with the Panthers to maybe extend his career. P.J. Walker. There's no fucking other team in the league that'll let P.J. Walker start for them. You know, he just happens to have found himself an opportunity because two former top five picks aren't playing the quarterback position, so P.J. Walker gets to go. This Panthers team was actually a very dangerous team for these Buccaneers to roll up on, clearly not having watched any fucking film on the Panthers' D-line and getting mollywhomped pretty much the entire game long. I This was a shutout. I know that three points got on the board near the end, but this was a fucking shutout, dude. Yeah. Like, this was real bad. They looked fucking terrible all game. And, honestly, the Panthers didn't look that great. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wound up somehow fucking looking worse. What's weird is they wind up blaming on the Mike Evans drop, which was awful. But it sure. would have been, like, a touchdown to start off the game that would have changed some things. But weird to say that one drop like that causes the offense just to dry up. But they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't move it. At all, um, Brady even dropping back 50 times. I don't know if this season's Buccaneers issues look like it's Tom Brady washed, but it's more like, well, 
I think it's more that they're missing um, Arians. They're missing the coaching. There, that's changed a little bit, and 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 things like that. So they're that's missing what... three starters on the interior of the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this at the beginning of the season, why I was not high on the Buccaneers. And it has come to pass that when your three starters in the middle of your line wind up just getting fucking either on another team or retired or fucking toasted, you're you're not going to have a great time. Tom Brady was getting pressured all game. He has to make decisions quicker. He has to get it to guys that can't get separation. Mm-hmm. So those quick decisions don't help him because they can't get quick separation. So he winds up going 32 for 49, taking what the defense will give him. And when you can't get a run game going, you can't back the fucking linebackers off. Yep. You can't back the safeties up. If they can't get the running game going, you can't get the passing game going. And if you can't get the passing game going, you can't get the running game open. And you cannot get any of this done if you don't have time when you give up sacks and pressure up the middle of the field. That and that was like what was happening all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh the only other thing in this game is the uh the weird ending where we see the referees stopping Mike Evans in the tunnel, handing him a piece of paper, getting a, a quick little write down and then running off. Um the NFL had to come out and say, No, that was not referees getting a autograph from a <laughs> a player that they just refed in a game. Uh, turns out uh, the the report is that uh, they got Mike Evans' number because that referee and Mike Evans both went to Texas A&M and he's setting them up with some golf lessons. Sure, that's still weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, still... Uh, the, it's so specific that that is probably true, but yeah. also uh, not on camera, okay? Yep. Not yep. a great idea. There's cameras but everywhere, al- you guys. Let's be smart about this. But and- also, clearly, it's the one time to be like, listen, you know we didn't put the fix in for you. <laughs> you guys just got fucking stomped by the Panthers. Can I get the? Can I get them digits? Uh, <laughs> Let me get them digits, you dude. As bad as the Panthers are playing, or the Buccaneers are playing, they're three and four. They still lead this division. Isn't that how that works? And Tied. they are in a short week. Thursday night football. They have the Baltimore Ravens coming to town. Dan Ravens at Buccaneers for Thursday night. I'm. This is a coin flip for me. Yes, this is another really good game because Tampa Bay is at home. Yes. But Tampa Bay looks like shit. Mm. But offensively, the Ravens look a little worse for wear. But the Ravens' defensive line against the Buccaneers' offensive line, I'm going to go Ravens. I'm For the first time this year, I'm picking a road team on Thursday night to actually pull it out and get it done. Besides the opening game against the Rams, I think the only other one was that Bears' uh, home loss. It was very tight against the Commanders. I'm going to go Tampa Bay in a short week. They absolutely need it. Well, they don't need it for the division, but they need it for the conference. So I'm going to say that they focused in winning this one, and the Ravens make some mistake here on the short week. The the, the Buccaneers win uh, at home. I'm going to fire the cannons. You are alone, sir. You are for alone manning those cannons. I am, I am alone on that one, so we'll see what happens from here. Uh, moving right along, who do we have next? Oh, let's talk about it. Packers, 21. Commanders, <laughs> oh 23. Uh, to stay with that theme of, oh, my God, are these top quarterbacks, these, okay, future Hall of Famers, can't take that away from them. Absolutely. Are we First seeing the end of, of their reign? Is the reign ending? Um, 
This one had, yeah, Aaron Rodgers two touchdowns, but under 200 yards passing. It was Aaron Jones. It got both of the touchdowns. And then again, they went away from him for some reason. Taylor Heineke back in for the commanders. Man, the guy is fun when he wants to be. He throws two touchdowns. This game was back and forth. Packers had the 14-3 lead, 14-10 at half. Commanders picked away at it until they had a lead and then didn't give it away in the uh, end of this game. This this Packers team is good. They actually are. Mm -hmm. But their offense has no idea what the fuck it's doing. And... I know Aaron Rodgers is giving a lot of stick to wide receivers and tight ends and, you know, Robert Tanyan can't get separation and all this sort of shit. He's also making bad fucking decisions this year. Hmm. He seems less in charge of the games. He's getting protection. He's getting time. His guys aren't getting open, and he's not throwing them open. He's not making plays the way he normally does. So you can... You can get it on young wide receivers. You can say, hey, you know, where's my Devontae Adams? Where is all this? But you've got to make better decisions, and you can't get away from the run game. And you know Rodgers is making checks and calls to get away from the run game when he can't get the passing game going. Once again, it's the same shit that's happening in Tampa Bay. Don't force yourself on the game. Let the game come to you. It's got to be really difficult when you are a guy like Aaron Rodgers or a guy like Tom Brady when you go, I have always been able to grab a game by the throat and do with it what I will. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you go, yeah, but there's some talent around you. you got to let that happen so you can get yourself some pressure released so you can get your wide receivers in good positions. Well, that being said, his wide receivers are junk. You just said, yeah, you, you, I was going to say, I was about to call you out on it. You go, there's some talent around you. you got to get to it. I was like, what's the talent outside of his back? Aaron Jones. Yeah, outside <laughs> of his backfield, Aaron yeah. Jones. And even A.J. Dillon has kind of disappeared too. So it's Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones had two touchdowns here. And I mean, Tanyan's that, fine. He's fine as a tight end. I mean, he's nothing crazy good. Right, Al Lazard, Sammy Watkins comes back from injury to catch two passes. No, yeah, there isn't a lot of weapons there, which I think Rodgers can always say that. Um, but I think you're also seeing, yeah, he's having one of his roughest years and he's healthy. There's nothing to point on there. Bakhtiari was out this game though. So there's some, there's some offensive woes that they have too. not nearly as bad as Tampa Bay, but they're still there. Uh, and, and the commanders played a nearly flawless game when it came to time to score flawless in the second, second half. half. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I loved it because my Vikings were on a bye week and that was the game on TV, so I got to watch that thing. And uh, it was you know, it was a fun watch, and now we have that conversation. Yeah, what's going to happen with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers now? And uh, do the teams need to move on from them after this year? Um, Tom Brady and his off-the-field st- life and things like that might come to a the head where he's done at that point. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's taken a lot of money to uh, put these last few games on paper, and it doesn't look great. (laughs) So Aaron Rodgers, the rumor is that he's done this year. If you look at the way Tom Brady is playing, how the fuck are you not done this year is my question. Like, Aaron Rodgers is about to be 39. A 39-year-old quarterback is an old fucking quarterback. Do you remember uh, when John Elway was, was winning those last two Super Bowls and how he looked like a fucking 
just an absolute old codger. Right, right. Do you remember that shit? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he when was, he went helicopter in that Super Bowl, you're like, oh, boy, that goes his, his back, you know, and he's done. Yeah. He was younger, younger than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, he, he looked like an old gunslinger, but he was younger than Aaron Rodgers. You could hit quarterbacks in Elways. And they certainly did. But, yeah, no, you're right. Aaron Rodgers is certainly up there in age, and, and even if he did retire, he would still go into the Hall of Fame. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not a question here. But I don't know. It, to say that he's done, maybe he's done in Green Bay, I think Aaron Rodgers would love to do whatever all these other uh, quarterbacks are doing and having a resurgence somewhere else where other fans can can buy his jersey and can hope that he's going to turn him around and have a little flash in the pan with some weapons and stuff that he's going to argue he doesn't have in Green Bay. I think he'd sure. like to do that. You also got to bear in mind that he's got a pretty significant fucking dead cap. Yes. Uh, if he's not in Green Bay. I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's a poison pill for Green Bay. Um, his dead cap for next year is $99 million. Well, he's getting that whether he plays or not, right? You're not saying he doesn't if he retires. So if he retires, a, a large portion of that doesn't get surrendered to him. So he's oh, making, okay. he has $59 million in cash coming his way if he's there for another season. Okay. That's hard to turn down, man. That's hard mm-hmm. to turn down. He made $42 million in cash this year. Yeah. He has an opportunity over the next two years to get $59 million in cash. So I don't see him retiring. Maybe they want to move his contract on, but there's no way, uh, there's no way they cut him. Like well, it's, it becomes debilitating. So here's what I want to talk about. Uh, after the loss to the Jets, and now the loss to the Commanders, the Packers, it's not going to get easier. The Bills are coming off a of bye week. It is Packers at Bills Sunday night football. Dan. Oh, the Packers are going to lose this fucking game. <laughs> they're they're beat up. The Bills are phenomenal. And uh, even if a goddamn blizzard rolled into Green Bay, the Bills would be like, sounds great. We're ready to go. You know, there's there's nothing the Packers do better than the Bills. I would be shocked if the Packers won this game. Yeah, no, well, the blizzard rolls into Green Bay. They're in Buffalo anyways, so. Yeah, that'd be shit. <laughs> but yes. like, this is a pretty right. light-ass blizzard, just letting you know, Aaron. <laughs> um, yeah, you got to take the Bills in this one. Um, the only thing you could say is that after – three weeks of embarrassment that the Packers are going to be super focused and all week long and everything's on Buffalo and we're ready to go. And we're gonna, you're going to get our best, most flawless game, but oh, yeah, Buffalo is a notoriously week, chill team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to look past the Packers here. I don't think so. So yeah, I like Buffalo too. This is uh, Sunday night football. So Aaron Rodgers has the unfortunate thing now in his career, the same thing the Cowboys have, which is when you play him, the opponent is tuned the fuck up. Yeah, they should be. Because they're like, I got to beat Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with the Cowboys. We got to beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys are like, we're not good this year. I mean, not this year. We're fine. But, you know, in the past when we were shitty, teams would still, like, tune up and be like, we're going to beat the fucking Cowboys. We were like two, you know, four and four and 12. Teams were still, like, lining up to take shots at us. It's- Even an injured Aaron Rodgers is still a 12-point buck for, uh, yeah. for these teams. Uh, offers a tune-up. You need everybody yeah, f- f- well-focused in there. Oh. As we are well-focused each and every week here at the push-off, this is the segue to the break because when we return, all of the games left as we get you ready for week eight. Basically, what would be the halfway point, but you know now we got this odd number. Who could do that, man? 
folks, return right after this. Thanks everybody for sticking it right here. It's time to push us through some games that we just don't have the time to give a full discussion on. It's called the two minute no offense. I really thought you were going with another F word instead of full uh, right there. (laughs) But no offense. Full time. No offense. But who gives a full hoot about (laughs) your team if you're in the two minute no offense? But let's get started. All right. You tell me when that clock's going. And ready to go. We're going to start with the Falcons losing to the Bengals, 17-35. to 35. We both picked that one. Bengals went fucking crazy, and the Falcons were like, oh, please, leave us alone. <laughs> Make it stop. Bengals were all over this team, start to finish, and they look great. Yeah, Joe Falcons Burrow looked like goes, the Falcons. I could throw for 500 yards if I have all these wide receivers. Why not? And he almost Absolutely. did. Um, moving along, the Titans beating up on the Colts, 19-10. to 10, But, you know, it was still one of those Titans games where they just made Bullock kick it four times. Yeah, Titans don't look impressive, but the Colts look bad. bad. Um, good to see Sam Ellinger is going to be taking over for Matt Ryan for the remainder of the season. There's no reason to trot out that corpse anymore. Yeah, I want to talk about that with the next week's game. The uh, Texans and Raiders, the Raiders beat the Texans 38-20 to at home. They get one of those elusive victories for them this year. <laughs> they needed this. <laughs> if This would have absolutely been a fucking tombstone if they had lost to the Houston Texans. So. They, they looked in their backfield. They go, oh, Josh Jacobs, I think I'll use him. Uh, and <laughs> smart, then, smart, smart. Yeah, and then the Jets beat the Broncos in Denver 16-9. to This is the other one I got on you, Dan. Uh, to catch me up in the picks. Broncos make every game they're involved in shitty. And it doesn't <laughs> seem to do. matter who it is. I, I got to give it to Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett makes football games shitty. <laughs> I, I have nothing against him personally. I just don't want him to coach anymore because every game he coaches in is a huge piece of shit. Really, really bad. Yeah, this one had uh, uh, Rippin starting the nephew of... Uh, Former Super Bowl winner Mark Rippon. Yeah. Um. I and I warned you before the game, and you decided it didn't matter, and it probably didn't. Uh, Wilson out with a partially torn hamstring. The Jets are going to have no Vera Tucker the rest of the season with a bicep surgery, and and no Brees Hall. I think we brought that up earlier in the year. He t- or earlier in the episode tore his ACL and some of his meniscus in his knee. Ooh. I was going to say, I'm sure that was at the time. Okay. That was it. So let us get through some games for next week then. I want to start with Monday Night Football. This is the matchup of the AFC North Orange Helmets. Yes, the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals to Cleveland to play the Browns. The Paul Brown Bowl. Paul That's Brown Bowl. Is. Yeah, there you go. It's Paul Brown Bowl. Um, yeah, I don't – I know since he's red hot, but it looks like Joe Burrow has uh, regained his confidence. Yeah. And it looks like Cleveland is uh, the factory of sadness is working overtime. I'm going to take Cincinnati. I have to. Yeah, I like the Bengals on the road here in Cleveland. Uh, the Browns are in that spot where they're like, yeah, this might not be our season, but uh, you know, pay no attention. We've got a quarterback coming in. So I like the Bengals too. 
Uh, hey, we're back across the pond this week. Uh, get up early if you want to see Broncos Jaguars. That is 8.30 Central Standard in London this Sunday. People can't see it at home because it's a podcast, but just <laughs> the yuckiest look on my face. <laughs> just what a f- piece of fucking garbage. I normally like waking up early to watch these yeah, games. extra like, game, yeah. I'm like, yeah, an extra game, even if it's not very good. I mean, I, I loved the, the Giants-Packers uh, game. It was a lot of fun. But my God, knowing that the Broncos are playing any games, let alone a game against the Jaguars, my God, this is going to be a piece of shit. Uh, hilariously, hilariously, this has a 99% chance of being a total piece of shit. <laughs> it has a 1% chance of being game of the year. <laughs> All right, there you are. Yeah, no, you're right. This one... Um... Ooh, set up for a bad start here. Uh, did you pick it, though? Jaguars at home. Yes, Jaguars in the only true home game they have, which is true. in London. Yeah, if nothing else, uh, give the Jaguars that one. So I, I like them, too. I'm taking the Jaguars. Panthers at Falcons, then a NFC South matchup we get this week. Uh, I think the Panthers are done shocking the world. I think the Falcons will probably control this game at home, although it's the Falcons. Who fucking knows? I'm just going to take the home team because they're both pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I certainly have much more faith in the Falcons than I do the Panthers, even after the Panthers' nice win last week. I like the Falcons. Um, We keep going with more picks. The Titans at Texans. This is an AFC South pick. I mean, the Titans are better. The Texans are really, really bad. <laughs> this this will be a tombstone-level loss for the Texans if it occurs. Okay. All right. I like the Titans, too, on the road. And then finally, uh, this one uh, turns out to be kind of an interesting one. The Washington Commanders going to Indy. They're playing the Colts, just like you brought up. Sam Ellinger getting the start as uh, Matt Ryan is also benched now for the Colts, and it seems for the season. Yeah, I think this is the right move. I mean, there's no reason to keep trotting Matt Ryan out there when you know he's not the future, you know he's not the difference maker for this team. Um, and you have to see what you've got with Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger has a interest. I mean, strangely enough, he's kind of like a, a Taylor Heineke type. You know, he's scrappy, he runs, he led uh, the Longhorns for four years. He was four-year starter. This is the sort of guy that... You know, you take in the late round and hope that he turns into like a Kirk Cousins type, except he's a Kirk Cousins type with maybe a little bit more wiggle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Colts have to find out. They have to get a plan in place for the quarterback position, whether it's Sam Ellinger or whether it's tanking the rest of the season and going back into the top five to take somebody else. Who'd you pick for this one? I missed. The Colts. I'm going Taking to ride Colts. Sam Ellinger. Um uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe believe in the power of Texas. It's a tough one for me. It, it's a coin flip. Um, they say Matt Ryan injured his has an injured shoulder sprain, but whether he did or not, he was going to be benched. It's just an awkward thing to say. I think what we're hearing and what we're saying with all this is Matt Ryan and the coaches know that Matt Ryan's arm is shot. Like this, the the throws he's making takes more effort. Just is not getting there. He's undercutting these things or whatever, and and they need to get him out of there. So that's Great why job it's Falcons. Yeah, that's why it's Ellinger. Yeah, Falcons. Did they not sell the right time with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Smart Smart? Yeah. So um, with this one, the way I look at it is, command. These are two teams that are kind of on the bottom half of their uh, conferences. 
but I like the AFC. I think they're stronger than the NFC, so I take the AFC team. I'll take the Colts. I take the Colts to win in this one. So I'm with you on that one, Dan. We we are running along, so we don't have a lot of time to focus on the Matt Ryan career retrospective. Right. We'll have that at the end of the year. <laughs> but uh, Good point. Yeah, I, I will say the Colts have done him a favor by deactivating him because now he doesn't have to dress <laughs> for these games. So it, it, he doesn't have to fake it and put on the fucking shoulder pads and be the backup guy. He gets to be deactivated but still fly around with the team. Nick, Yeah, Nick Foles is back up here this week. Um and yeah, barring an injury, you're right. I don't think they even ask him to do that. And it's probably a way for Frank Reich to kind of save his uh, head coaching career here for a moment. Potentially, we'll it's still alive in the AFC South, man. You're only a game back. Yeah, Dan, I'm going to ask you to go all the way back now to Thursday. We've got a handful more games to to go through, so we'll speed through these as well. Uh, Thursday, where the Cardinals beat the Saints 42-34. to Cardinals went all black. They got those black alternate helmets on for Thursday night. This one got a lot of points, which was fun to see on a Thursday night game. A little back and forth, but the Cardinals took care of business. The Cardinals' defense took care of business. Um, Did they? They, they gave up 34 points. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the but, Cardinals' defense yeah. absolutely was the probably the number one offensive two contributor. Two sixes, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. I mean, Andy Dalton, you feel bad for the guy because he threw two pick sixes, but yeah, this... I I do think the Saints are better with him in command, but you know what I know for sure? The fucking Cardinals are a million times better when DeAndre Hopkins is on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, first game back, the guy's got nine catches over 100 yards, sorry, ten catches over 100 yards. Yep. Phenomenal. This is what Arizona wants to be. Um, as long as Cliff Kingsbury gets that fucking guard gnome out of his face uh, and can actually coach this game. But, yeah, Kyler Murray yelling at Cliff Kingsbury. Things are not all well uh, in the land of the rising sun. Yeah, I th- you're right. The Saints, Olave something. They needed some more weapons there with Kamara, and I think Dalton uh, had a very Jameis-like game and doesn't help anybody. So that's the Saints, and, and the push that <laughs> to the side. The Cardinals here, this was a much-needed win at home. I think it was their first win at home, uh, so yeah. it's something they needed to do on a short week so they get a big one. A um, couple games for next week, the uh, El Las Vegas Raiders going to New Orleans to play the Saints. This is a this is a do-you-want-this-season sort of game. Yeah, for both teams, yeah. Yeah, the loser of this is pretty much toast. Uh, you know, not Tombstone, but like, yeah, you're, any division chances you have. Um, just because the Raiders are coming off a hot game in Houston, New Orleans at home, but doesn't really impress me. I'm actually going to take the Vegas Raiders um, on the road. I don't know if it's a surprise there. Maybe the Raiders will be favored. I don't know the spread right now, but uh, I like them too. I think they're a better team. Uh, the Saints, that doesn't make the Saints a bad team. I just think the Raiders have had a bad luck with who they pulled here early on and how the games have played out for them. So they win on the road too, I'm going to say. Uh, I like the Raiders. The uh, Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals going to Minnesota. They're playing the Vikings coming off their bye. I mean, you, Vikings have got to win this game. At home after a bye week, Cardinals had a slightly longer a long, week yeah. than normal. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a problem for you, but if you can... If you can keep contain on Kyler Murray, which is always a, a, a tough struggle, um, I think the Vikings are a better team, and they need to win this if they really want to put a, a foothold down in the NFC North. That was a couple things that uh, scared me about this game is uh, Cardinals with a little bit longer of a week coming from Thursday, and they're getting healthier. 
whereas uh, I think the last few teams we've hit has not been the case. So let's see what happens there. But I like it being at home amongst that purple crowd screaming. I don't think the Cardinals fans will travel that well all the way up there. So I'll take Minnesota at home, squeezing out another one. I'm hoping so. Let's go. All right, Dan, let's talk about Chiefs 49ers. This one, a big game. Back and forth to start. It was 14-13 Chiefs at the half. Uh, but Chiefs pulled away. 44-23 to was the end score. Mahomes to Hardman twice. Hardman had three total touchdowns, I believe. Yes, because Smith-Schuster got one catching one, too. Valdez Scantling over 100 yards. All of a sudden, Chiefs offense learned that they have they can go to whoever doesn't matter uh and then their defense also cut five sacks on Garoppolo it's hard to look at a three and four 49ers team that just got beaten by 21 points by three full scores and say all is not unwell mm-hmm. in San Francisco but it's really not as bad as this game made it look you know we talk about the first half is scheme the second half is talent my God, the Kansas City Chiefs are way more talented than the San Francisco 49ers. Sure was, yeah. But at the same time, San Francisco played as well of a game as you could expect them to play. Jimmy Garoppolo had a Jimmy Garoppolo-level game. They just couldn't get anything going on the ground. Once again, Jeff Wilson, if you wanted to understand why you're going to lose your starting spot, just look at your productivity for this game. Yeah. Um, you know, seven and a half yards of carry, that's great, but... You know, those were long runs late in the game. He could not establish himself early. Yeah, I early in this game, it felt like the Niners were going to hold their own. They, they they sat the crowd behind them there at home. They just looked like a team that was in control there, and it, it, it did fall away from them. Uh, how they use Christian McCaffrey here, I think you need to get him involved in the passing game a whole lot more. Two catches is not enough for him. They, they ran it with him a, a lot, just like between the, the the tackles and it's not like he can't do that it's just that's not his forte so i'd see that a little bit more a little bit quicker once you get him going on there but like we kind of said you know short week for him there was a lot of stuff not set up yet so we'll see with a full week how how that goes for him uh but oh my god the chiefs uh can they put up points whenever they feel like it um you know <laughs> it's them in buffalo Again, uh, we talked about you know Tom Brady and and uh, Aaron Rodgers and them you know falling out and disappearing. What do we have to worry when we have Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen? Not a it's a changing thing. of the guard, and I'm 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 all for it. There's I'm very many, excited for the future. Yeah, yeah. let there Especially, be another decade of this and stay in the AFC. Anyways, um, <laughs> the 49ers go to LA with the Rams coming off the bye. This is a big one for the NFC West. I'm going to take the 49ers beating the Rams. I know they're coming off a bye week, but I think the 49ers offer enough of a difficulty, and I think uh, Kyle Shanahan cannot wait to use Christian McCaffrey uh, to his absolute maximum capacity. So I'm I'm going to pick what I think is an upset and take the 49ers here. It's another coin flip of a game. It really is. Uh, the Rams are coming off a bye, so yet you got to like McVay – and the time spent there, but but Shanahan usually has his number. What I remember is this was the matchup that uh, basically won you the picks last year in Week 18. It kind of came down to a Niners a Rams game, and I was had the Rams, you had the Niners, and so I feel a little gun shy here, and and I think uh, 
Stafford with these uh, turnover concerns are going to cost him. I-, I like San Francisco getting back too with a full year week of McCaffrey. I I have the Niners picked in this game. I'm going to take San Francisco on the road. The Kansas City Chiefs have a bye week for week eight. So Chiefs and Chargers are the only two teams on a bye week this week. We won't have them for this week. Uh, they, they need a rest. I'm sure their feet are red hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there are only a few more games we have left, Dan. Let's talk about Steelers-Dolphins. Dolphins beat the Steelers 16-10. to Hey, when you know it, that was the score at halftime too. So if you missed the second half because you went to bed early Sunday night, you didn't miss a damn thing. I was going to say, do we need to talk about Pittsburgh-Miami? <laughs> it's in here because uh, Tua came back. He, he, he looked like he's healthy. That feels good. He fit, played the whole game. He stayed on his feet. He had a touchdown, picket touchdown, but three interceptions, a growing pains game for the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a young QB, man. Uh, it's tough out there for young QBs. Two and five is probably a better record than the Pittsburgh Steelers deserve, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miami, yeah, they looked a little sloppy. They looked like they were trying to get their feet back under them, also to be expected. Uh, Miami needed this. Pittsburgh wasn't ready for it. I, I think this game made a lot of sense Miami 13 points in the first quarter and then just kind of you know fell apart I don't know what happened after that yeah I'm not sure too um something to look out for I think the Steelers like you said two wins okay they would maybe be a little bit more scary well they would be scarier with TJ Watt in there and uh, oh yeah I think that changes this entire season but it does feel a little bit like a lost one for the Steelers. They're going to be down there with the Browns in that division. It'll be a Bengals-Ravens race there. But uh, who wins the game for Pennsylvania? Pittsburgh Steelers going to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Dan, I'm trying to make this exciting. God damn it. God damn it. I have to pick the goddamn Eagles, don't I? Uh, it would be Ugh. your first time this season. Fuck it. Go Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm taking the Steelers. I can't do this. I can't. I, I know that they're coming off a of bye week. And the fucking Eagles are supposed to be so good, but fuck the Eagles. Give me the Steelers. Let it be a Tom Brady level surprise. Let's go three and five, Pittsburgh. I assume you're going to be right one of these weeks, but uh, I'll take the Eagles here and uh, try to take it up on you that that way. So uh, we'll get these, we'll... get these cheapies, Scott. Yeah. Uh, this allows you, again, though, to talk about... you six free wins on the Eagles this year. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't been able to get... Uh, I don't think I've gotten all of them. I couldn't have picked no, all No, you haven't. You picked the Cowboys with me that one Yeah, week. and I think I took my Vikings week two. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of your Cowboys, they beat the Lions 24-6 to at home. Uh, all field goals in the first half, but they found some touchdowns late in the game. I was going to say, this 24-6 to seems like it was a pretty you know handy victory, but that was the Cowboys in the fourth quarter, putting two, two scores on the board. Um, Detroit seems to have fixed a lot of their defensive woes, um, whether that's just a rusty Dak Prescott or whether the Lions actually made changes. They they held the Cowboys, honestly, to like 14 points. The defense for the Cowboys has been spectacular. They held a Detroit team that until last week, at the Patriots had been really, really fucking good. Yeah. We held them to six points, and nothing in the second half. Nothing, and also a crazy fucking uh, force fumble at the goal line. There yeah. were actually two force fumbles in this game: one against the Cowboys, one against the Lions, that were tremendously fun to watch. Um, Noah Brown got flipped upside down on his head mm. and popped a ball out, 
and uh, Demarcus Lawrence caused a fumble at the three yard line that really, really changed it. It changed the game completely yeah. um, to the point where the Lions felt like they were never really going to recover. If that makes sense, um, I mean, it was it was just so rough for them to have that fumble there. It was like this is game over. Yep, you had uh, Pollard having that uh, good game on the ground, and then Elliott snatching away all those touchdowns. If you had him for fantasy, mm-hmm. you were upset about that. But otherwise, than that, Not you're if right. You had Zeke. It it was Cowboys defense controlling that game. Uh, five sacks on Goff, and uh, so yeah, with Dak back now, all the way back, and um, you guys at, at, sitting at pretty at five and two, you got to feel comfortable. I feel good. Um, it was good to see Dak have a much sharper second half. Um, and it was good to see that the defense did not let up. I mean, a defense this good with a an on-time second-half quality Dak Prescott is a very dangerous Dallas Cowboys team, and I'm very excited to see it again. Yeah. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are going to Detroit to play the Lions this week in an interesting one. Who do you like, Dan? I I'm going to pick with my heart. I'm going to pick with my heart, and I'm actually going to pick the Detroit Lions to win. I, there were some things I saw in this game, especially defensively, that really interested me in Detroit. Now, they need to pull their head out of their ass offensively because that's two straight games. They can't be throwing the picks they were throwing. You know, you remember that backbreaker I said for the fumble? That was a 99-yard drive that ended on the one. Yeah. That's a back, That's a Detroit Lions-level fucking backbreaker, man. That's tough. I think Detroit is an all-right team. I really do. Um, and I don't think the Dolphins are hitting on all cylinders. I, th- I think a shockwave went through that locker room, and they haven't recovered since the Tua injury. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Lions. Man, are we there again? Uh, last year, Lions couldn't buy a win. Last winless team. All this stuff. Uh, but it was like, man, but they're 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 spunky. They're in every game. They're scrappy, trying. Man. Scrappy team. It'll be a matter of time. And then when this season started, it was like, oh, there's no way they're going to be a good team. You know, nine and eights. You know, they they really turn. And here we are, one and five, and we're talking about them in this again. Um, I do. I'm I'm with you there though too. I think that they are a very good team that could easily win this game. They're at home. The Dolphins are have a lot of problems. A lot of people picking the Dolphins, where I think it's a much more up in the air game than that. I am I I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm going to go opposite you though, and take the Dolphins. And just that, I think they are a better team. They have more talent right now. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown went out with a concussion early in this one in Detroit, and if he doesn't get off healthy, that's a big old loss for them. So, true. I, I'll take Dolphins. Uh, the Bears won. What? what? The Patriots? Look that up. This was just last night Monday Night Football. Did it thirty-three to fourteen? It can't be true. The Bears scored more than. 12 points. Yeah, this says the Patriots just put in a bunch of different quarterbacks. None of them is named Brady, and they lost. Well, that that checks out. So let's talk about it. <laughs> 33 to 14. Um, no, um, Fields had an okay game. He ran one in. He threw one. Um, Santos was the Bears with the field goals, all four. Uh, and then the Patriots have a ugly QB controversy on their hands. Mac Jones starts the game because he's healthy. He kicks uh, your boy Brisker uh, mm-hmm. in the junk, uh, the the safety, and then a um, few plays later, same drive, throws a one-handed interception to him, and for that he gets benched. 
In comes Bailey Zappi for the rest of the game. He throws a touchdown and two interceptions himself. Uh, both guys didn't look great, but Zappi did get points on the board before uh, things went really bad in the second half. This is the Bears' first win ever in New England. <laughs> no, really? Yes. Yeah. The only other time, uh, well, they go, the Bears did, did beat them in, back in 85, but that was in a... Generic. Pretty significant game. Yeah, not not in New England though. That was an uh, alternate uh, field. So, yeah, that's true. This was the first wow. time. I know that's fucking bizarre, man. I I mean, I didn't pick the Bears for many many reasons. Uh, that being the least of it. But yeah, I, I will say we you know my affinity for Matt Eberflus. This Bears defense is good. Mm-hmm. This Bears defense is really really good. They're three and four. If Justin Fields plays like this for the rest of the season, that is enough to make them offensively dangerous. Yeah. Now, I think if they play a really, really good defense, I don't think Fields has as good of a day. Uh, Lucky, lucky me. But, um, yeah, I I think the Patriots are in a lot of trouble. I think the Bears are exactly where they wish they would be when this season started. Three and four is better than I think they they believed possible uh, in Chicago. So, yeah, yeah. Good luck to the Bears, 33 points. That's pretty good. It's the best they've done all season. Um, I still don't think they're making the playoffs. But, yeah, you want positive things from Justin Fields. And, uh, hey, there was even a, a Nikhil Harry sighting. Yeah. No, well, what was surprising here was you think Belichick is the guy who takes away the stuff for the other team, makes it difficult for him. And of offenses this year, you'd think the Bears are the one that you could look at and go, well, there's not a lot they're doing that's successful. We'll take away the stuff they they is successful and 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 win here. But the, the Bears put 33 points on the road you know, on your field to you, you know, and and look the probably the best they have all season. Honestly, at least on offense, I'm surprised. Did I, did by I ever that. tell you the I ever tell you the sword fighter analogy? I asked a sword fighter. Yeah, that's right. I did theater every <laughs> once in a while. You'd talk to somebody that was a trained sword fighter, and I said. You know, what's the most dangerous, like, sword fighting style to fight against as a trained sword fighter? And he goes, probably someone who's uh, never trained. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why? He goes, I have no idea what the fuck they're going to do. And it's still a blade. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to defend what you don't. You don't even understand what you're defending because they don't understand what they're doing with the blade. That's kind of how it felt uh, with the Patriots defending the Spares offense. So they're like, oh, what are you doing? Justin feels like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, God, God damn it, how is that a first down? So it was, it was interesting to see the truly analytical Bill Belichick be like, I don't know what Justin Fields is doing. Justin Fields being like, I don't know what I'm doing either. And somehow it fucking works. Yeah, well, and it did. Uh, so big win for the Bears, Patriots, and yeah, a heap of trouble now uh, because nothing's getting easier in that division. No, sir. Um. Let's wrap it up. Only a couple games here for the left for the week. Uh, your Cowboys have the Bears coming to town this week. It's Bears at Cowboys and the Bears. Hey, that orange helmet's returning for this one. Looks nice. <laughs> Looks nice. They can take that shit back in the bus with them and head back <laughs> to Chicago with a loss. That'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys. Now, Cowboys at home, getting sharper with uh, with Dak coming back. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, why am I asking you? No, I like the Cowboys too in this one. Um, they should be able to... Uh, Put the uh, the the tightening screws down on fields, keep them from running too much, and put enough points on the board. And then um, the Patriots are at New York to play the Jets, and the Jets also with their alternate helmet. They have a black alternate helmet, so we'll probably see a all black Jets team for whatever reason. Go Jets! Um, 
Yeah, I mean, if New England doesn't figure out what the fuck's going on with the quarterback, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not impressed with Zach Wilson this year. Um, he's made enough plays, but I, I think we could have ourselves a nice little James Robinson game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm actually going to pick the Jets to beat the Patriots and Patriots yeah. to go three and five. I I, I am too. Uh, told me that I'm uh, have a week like this where I'm picking the Jets and the Seahawks. Like these are two teams that I had no idea I'd be right here with right now. So surprise, surprise. I'm with you on that one. I'm taking the Jets. Yeah. Weird, man. It's weird. Very odd. There we are, guys. That was week six. Or excuse me, that was week seven. That was week seven already. <gasps> excuse me. And we're getting ready for week eight. Those are all the picks in uh, for the what 15 games we have for this week. So get ready for a big one. Uh, it's an it's an all weekend longer. We got the Thursday nighter coming up. Ravens buccaneers that me and dan are also picking opposite so right off the the start of this weekend uh and then it starts early on sunday you got to set your alarm if you really want to see a broncos game um and all day long on sunday with a with a nice monday night uh ender there uh with our Bengals browns Bengals browns game on monday night so uh where this left us in the picks uh, we only picked three games different this week, and I got all three on you, Dan. So that four-game lead you had shrunk down to one. I have 61, and you have 62 for the week, or for the yeah, season. Yeah, and I, it, it's not like this week I took a bunch of bold uh, picks. I mean, these were they're all coin flip games right now. I mean, even the ones we picked different this week, you could go either way. Yeah. This, so, you know, we're both going to get surprised by a random-ass loss here, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm – you're catching up, man. I like these things to be competitive. Yeah. You know, so that at the end of the year I can crush your hopes. Yeah, I'm just glad yeah, I'm glad you haven't like started really pulling away here and we got uh, a tight one now. And uh, you know, it, I appreciate the Steelers pick, so we'll see. <laughs> uh all right, time for some crazy stats. Yeah. Uh, I want to start with uh, both New York teams will be entering November with a winning record. This Let's is see. the first time this has happened since twenty eleven. Wow. Yeah, so 11 years ago. Um, And also, despite the Giants' 6-1 record, they have yet to have a two-possession lead this season. That also makes sense. I have watched Giants games. It's been tight. It's been tight for the Giants all along. Uh, The Bills are double-digit favors this weekend so far over the Packers at 10.5. This is the first time the Packers have been double-digit dogs when Rodgers has started. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. It's a long it's a long career for Rodgers in that and that uh that that uh, that uniform. So, here we are. And then finally, the Browns record in 64 games with Baker Mayfield was 32 and 32. The Browns record in the last 64 games they've had without Baker Mayfield 9 and 55. Yeah, he was the problem, wasn't he? Yeah, clearly. You know, the Cleveland Browns and quarterbacks is just one of those things. Maybe Baker Mayfield was as good as you deserved. I, I, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Those are those are my crazy stats. Those are what we have for the week. Dan, please bring us on home with some parting words of wisdom. 
Seven weeks are in the books here in the NFL, which means we have 11 more to go. (laughs) It might seem like, you know, there's still a lot of season left, but we're getting to the point where a few divisions are already being lost. Uh, Sands of time are slipping through the fingers of uh, people that have previously been undefeated against Father Time, like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Um, It is a change. Do you feel it? The change is in the air. Not only quarterbacks, but teams across the board. We're probably going to have three or four uh, new playoff teams this year. Mm. It's going to be a fucking hoot, man. I can't wait. 11 more games, 11 more weeks. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. You put it that way, and I'm excited. Uh, Plenty of more season left to play. So we're going to talk about it all right here, you guys. So please uh, hit that subscribe button. And check us out each and every week right here at the Push Off Podcast. Thank you for coming around this week. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We will see you the next. Have a great weekend. Goodbye.